0: So far we've looked at I doubt God, I doubt the Bible and we've, we've given people good reason to believe that the, not only is there a God but the God of the Bible is, the, is the, only, the only one of all the holy books that makes sense. And then we have to ask the question, well how do we know that the Bible is a divinely inspired book and we look at not just what it says but we look at the circumstances around it as well and we, we are left to conclude, and maybe that's where you're at. Maybe you've gone, okay, Andrew, I can see you've given some pretty good reasons that there has to be a God. You've given some pretty good reasons that the Bible is, is a unique book. I mean, it, it says things that no other book says. It makes predictions that no other book has ever made. It describes the world and the universe at a time and a period when they wrote it that they could not have possibly have known some of those things. Okay, granted, it looks unique. I, I give you that. But I'm not so sure that Christianity is the right retail outlet. <laughs> and so that's what I want to look at today. Is Christianity credible? Credible means believable. Here's a list of the, the reasons people will doubt Christianity. And, and I guess... It's worth noting that a lot of these aren't actually doubts. And we've seen this before. These aren't actually doubts. They're just objections or opinions. But here's one we hear all the time. Christianity, it's all about the money. They just want money. It's not real. It's just about money. How about this one? It's all about power and control. That's all Christianity is. just about power and control. All preachers, I've heard this one before, all preachers are just con artists. That's all Christianity is, just a bunch of con artists. Here's one that's probably a little bit more serious. It actually does sound a little bit more like a doubt. And oftentimes people who are a little bit more thoughtful say this one. Christianity, that is how it looks today, bears little resemblance to what Jesus started. Now, that is followed on by a supplementary doubt that goes something like this. It was invented by Constantine... Of Constantine, depending on which university he went to, to control his empire. Now, this was an idea that was made really popular by Dan Brown in the Da Vinci Code, that Constantine is actually the guy who put Christianity together, and what it is today is a result of Constantine's efforts. Uh, Christianity might be one of the ways to God, but it is arrogant to claim that it is the only one. It's arrogant to claim. Now, again, that's not actually a doubt. That's just a criticism of Christianity. But these are the things that people will often offer for why they won't embrace the claims of Christianity. Well, what are the claims of Christianity? What is it that people are having a problem with? And if you're here today and you profess to follow Christ, presumably this is what you hold to. And presumably, if you were asked to give a reason why you hold to this, you might want to be able to share some of these things that I'm, I'm about to give as well. What are the claims of Christianity? Well, we'll start with the church. It's the most visible expression of Christianity, the church. It, what, what do we mean by the church? We, we, we mean that the church was founded by Jesus Christ. Um, let, let's have a look at that one. Jesus said this in Matthew 16, verse 18. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So why, why is it essential, to, if you're a Christian, that you belong to a church? Well, Jesus said, this is what I'm building. It was established by the apostles. So we have in Ephesians 2.20 this statement that the church is built on the foundation of apostles and prophets. And you may look at that as apostles being the writers of the New Testament and the prophets being the writers of the Old Testament. Christianity is really the continuation of the Old Testament, as we'll see in a moment, and Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. To say you love Jesus, to say you love the church, and the church is really foundational to it, no wonder when people claim to be atheists, they end up attacking not God, if you you actually listen to their claims, most of the time they don't attack God, they attack the church. Isn't that interesting? When... Saul was on the road to Damascus, knocked off his horse. He had been persecuting the church. Jesus, the first words Jesus spoke to him was, Saul, Saul, why have you been persecuting, not my church, why have you been persecuting me? Hmm. So this is a big deal. So it's the continuation of the Old Testament revelation and it is sustained by the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says in 1 Timothy 3.15, that as far as God is concerned, in the earth, the church of the living God is the pillar and the buttress of the truth. Now, that's a really important deal because it's not that everything the church says is true. We're not professing infallibility because we're, we're human and we'll see that in a moment. But we are we are here to represent the truth in a unique way. That's the church. These are the claims of the church. Now, most of the criticisms I read out before actually don't rebut any of it. Most of those criticisms just don't like it. This is what the church is about. Sustained by the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said this to the founders, the apostles of the church. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you to the end of the age. Now I want you to consider this, that Christianity is founded... In the church, you can't say, I'm going to follow Jesus, I just don't want anything to do with the retail outlet. You can't, it, it just doesn't work like that. But notice this, Jesus said, to be a follower of mine is to hold to everything I commanded. Oh, huh? Most people go, I've got no problem with Jesus. The moment you begin to say, well, what about what he commanded? People go, he didn't command anything. Really? Well, what does that mean? Oh, they obviously got it wrong. Really? And this is the response. If you don't like it, just, just claim what well, must be wrong. So this is what Jesus said, teaching everything I've commanded. One of the things that people say is that Christianity is just like any other religion. All religions are basically the same. And Ravi Zacharias puts it this way. All religions are exactly the same, except when it comes to heaven Hell, God, man, spirituality, and the afterlife. Apart from those issues, all religions are exactly the same. And you might think all religions basically worship the same God. And I would have to say, you obviously haven't read other holy books to realise that Christianity's claims about God are utterly unique. There's not another religion that says what Christianity says about God. So here we have some of the claims that Christianity makes about God, that he is the creator. And you might think, well, all religions teach that. Uh, No, they actually don't. Buddhism most certainly does not teach that. And of course, Judaism holds this, and there are others. So uh, God is Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And people go, aha, that's how I know Christianity can't be true. And we could respond to each of these quite easily and show... Well, firstly, if God is the eternal Father, what is it that he needs? An eternal Son. And if Jesus, back in that, going to all the world and baptised him in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, who's he talking about? Well, it's the Trinity. Jesus said it. The Trinity is absolutely essential to the truth of Christianity. That God is Redeemer. Now what what does that mean? It means that, that mankind, people, have got ourselves into a real mess. And a Redeemer is somebody who comes and rescues. Christianity claims God is a God of love. And the highest act of His love is that He sent His Son into the world to redeem us. The Bible makes the claim that God is also a judge. That if God didn't judge, He's not qualified to be God if he refused to judge, he has he has abdicated his role as God. You might think, well, that's, that's a heavy statement. But it might also be the truth. <laughs> that in order for there to be justice in the world, it means that evil must be judged. And the Bible makes the claim that God is the judge. And this is one of Christianity's central points about God. What else does... Christianity make? Well there's some unique claims that Christianity makes about mankind and while some Christians disagree on the extent to this I, I hope that you can see that this is what the Bible presents that mankind was originally created in the image of God there's a whole lot of qualities that you possess and the only reason you possess them is because you're created in the image of a God who ultimately possesses them. So here's what we know about what that image looks like. You're created to be creative. I mean, God created, you will always create. You'll always be creative because you're you're created in the image of a creative God. You are created social. This is another reason why we know that God has always been Father, Son and Holy Spirit because without another person to love, you cannot love. And God is Father, Son and Holy Spirit the triune community created mankind to always be in community. We are created to be social. You put a person in solitary confinement and look what happens to their mental health. They will go nuts because that's not how we've been created. We're created to interact with others. We're also created to be spiritual. And this is one of those things that cracks me up about the most hardened atheists. You can ask a hardened atheist, have you ever, ever, ever prayed? They might hesitate, then sheepishly say, oh, well, I've given it a go. Think, why? Why did you give it a go? And I don't answer that question. Let me tell you, you're created to be spiritual. You can't help it. There are some things you will do and you may not even know why you do it. You're just created to be that way. We have a dog that we picked up from the pound and um, Poppy was five months old. She She's a, a Kelpie and she was uh, from an abusive home. But get this, she's a Kelpie. And when we picked her up from the pound, she didn't know she was a Kelpie. Kelpie are cattle herding dogs. They're, they're designed to, sh- to work with a shepherd. Fortunately, we, we, we have low fences and... Poppy doesn't realise that in a single bound, she's over that fence. She, does, she could leap over our back fence if she knew what she could do, but we're not, not going to tell her. Except... <laughs> <laughs> when, when Poppy, we brought her home as a pup, five, six months old, we brought her home and, and she's really scared. A car would go down the road and she would cower and whimper. And so, you know, God only knows what they did to her before we got her. Um, In our street, we have somebody who is into hunting, and they have hunting dogs. And one one of their dogs escaped and came into our yard, and Poppy's just watching this dog who broke into our chicken coop, grabbed a chicken, and in front of Poppy, murdered the chicken. That happened another two times. Here we are now three years later. That dog came down our road two weeks ago ready to come into our yard again. Something went click in Poppy. She leapt over our fence, went straight to the front, growled at this dog. The dog wouldn't just like... I saw the way you looked when I killed that last chook. You don't scare me. Poppy's teeth show. The dog goes, Poppy? (laughs) Poppy? And next thing, it was on. Poppy has wrestled this dog to the ground, and is biting its hind. And she she didn't even know where. just—it's all intuitive, instinctive, and she has got this. And next thing, I'm upstairs, doing what I normally do, and I look out the window. I'm hearing this this hunting dog in in agony, and I come running out, going, "Poppy, stop it! Get off the dog! What are you doing?" And and I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Good dog, good dog. <laughs> anyway, the owner comes down the street, grabs the dog, and I go, Oh, I'm so sorry. And I put Poppy in the backyard and we apologize. Oh, we've never seen this. She's never done this before. And Kim comes out and she actually said, Well, you know, um, your dog has killed three of our chickens and maybe Poppy was being protected. That's, Kim actually said that and said, Well, yeah, maybe. Um, She's never done this before. This is really weird. But to, but to say this, Poppy didn't even know what she'd done, but it was built into her. And we will pray, you will pray, you will worship, and you may not know why, and it's because you're created to. And, and get this, in, in each of these aspects, each of them now have been distorted. You've got created social, and you've got people who will, who will abuse that. Then you've got created spiritual, and people will abuse that. And then especially this one, don't we see this one? Created to be sexual and man if there is ever an era where this has gone off the rails but this is Christianity's claim that we are created to be sexual and you can read it, some, something of that in 1 Corinthians 7 so this is what we're created to be and there's a but there's, there's, here's the but 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 the Bible says and this is Christianity's claim mankind has fallen what do we mean by fallen mankind has become corrupted selfish has told God get lost don't you tell us what to do And there is something now that has stained the image of God. The image of God has become damaged. And we are now unloving, self-centered, estranged from God. And people can pretend all they like that they are God. And to connect with God, you don't look up there. You look in here and kind of, where is my navel gone? And they do all this kind of stuff. And it's a part of the fallen nature of man. And the next word is deceived. We're now deceived. Every one of us, unless God... Rem- removes that veil of deception. We live in deception and we're lost, we're lonely, we're hurting and we're hurting. To get that, we hurt and we hurt. And don't we see this? This is, this is the world that the, that the God of the Bible describes and Christianity promotes. And so, this is what it says about mankind. Christianity's claims about Jesus Christ, this is central to what Christianity is about. It claims that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin, Matthew one twenty three. Jesus Christ lived a sinless life, not one sin. If Jesus had sinned in just one nanosecond of indulgence, he would have been disqualified from going to the cross. As the perfect sacrifice for sins, because he would have needed a sacrifice for sins. and if God had sinned, game over, there is no one beyond God. and so Jesus was sinless, John 8:46. Uh, Jesus was God incarnate, he was pre-existent. he was God, he created the universe. he created the wood upon which he was crucified. Jesus created the hammer that drove in the nails, and so on. God incarnate. We see that in John 1.14. Jesus was resurrected, and then he ascended to heaven, which means he was translated, which means he was here in this dimension, and then, phew, translated into another dimension. Ascended. The only person to have done it. And we read that in Ephesians 4.8. And Jesus will be the coming judge. And Jesus said this several times. We read of this in John 12:48. So let me tell you that there's a couple of other unique claims about Christianity. One of them is, there is an afterlife. haven't got this on the screen, there is an afterlife. After the grave, life continues, but there's a fork in the road. You either go on, depending on what you've done with Jesus in this life, you either go on to enjoy peace and bliss with God for eternity, or according to Jesus, you will suffer the consequences of you telling God, I don't want you on the throne of my life. And C. S. Lewis put it this way In that day, God will say to the one who rejected him, Thy will be done. And so there are your two options for the afterlife. Another unique claim of Christianity is that God has done everything He can to provide a way to eternal life and bliss it's called grace it's nothing you can do god has done it all and you just simply receive it and allow the holy spirit to transform your life and from then on you become a follower of christ so here's the deal i said before poppy leapt over that fence went out and just was a protector dog she just she just that's her dna it is in your dna to be religious I mean, I am absolutely staggered at people like Richard Dawkins who claim religion stinks. I don't want to be religious. They set up conferences. They have weekly webcasts. They have books. They hire the side of buses. They take out full-page ads. Let me tell you, if I didn't believe in unicorns, I would not be hiring the side of a bus to tell you. His atheism sounds awful like a religion to me. You can't help but be religious. This is the deal. You will adopt a religion. You will. The question is, which one? Even if you say atheism is my religion, (laughs) you will be religious. And you might say, well, I don't believe anything. Really, do you believe that? Yeah, that's what I believe. I believe I don't believe anything. That's what we call incoherent. Coherent means it makes sense, it fits together. It's kind of like not what happened when I took my first engine apart. I took the engine out, I rebuilt it, I put it back in, I turn around, there's all these bits on the floor. (laughs) Where'd they come from? (laughs) When you have something that's coherent, it all fits back in, it all makes sense. So, you will believe something, the question is, what will you believe? So you will be religious. You will believe something, and you know what? You'll you'll look at the world in a certain way. You will view the world through a certain lens. We call it worldview. You will look, but here's the question: Which lens will you choose to so look at the world? You could look at a tsunami, 2004 Boxing Day, wiping out was it 160,000 people, and you could go. You could go. Wow, we we. We live in a world where the devil just completely demolishes people. Or you could live in a world that says, you know, God has ordained that every uh, 25 years a major ocean has an oceanic tsunami in order to redistribute the nutrients that that settle on the bottom of the ocean floor back into the water systems of the world, thus sustaining life on earth. Isn't God a good creator? The fact that 165,000 people died when there were all kinds of warnings that it was going to happen... Is, is tragic and that's why a lot of Christians took that approach and then were sending over aid within hours to those people affected because Christians said this has happened we're, we're now going to get in and help you know it took something like a week for the Islamic world to respond with any kind of aid and they were shamed into action by the Christian response that's not a dig. That's just I think that's just a fact. So, you will have a religious view. You will believe something. And you will look at the world through a certain lens. And here's the question for you. I hope I've given you enough reason to realise Christianity is credible. And God is credible. The Bible is credible. Credible means believable. Here's the question. Will your religion beliefs and view be integrated and coherent? Will it all make sense or will you have bits of the engine left on the floor? So you could go, well, I'm basically a Buddhist. I I just kind of, really? How did the universe come into being? Well, we we don't go there. That's what the Dalai Lama said when asked. We don't go there. Well, what's your response to Big Bang cosmology? Science says the universe came into existence at a point of time. The Dalai Lama said, that presents a huge problem to Buddhism because it is not what Buddhism teaches. What I struggle with is the fact that it presents a huge problem to Buddhism and he goes, oh well, we'll just ignore it. You cannot be coherent by ignoring the truth. So, this is this is something that I'm not sure who said it. If I knew who said it, I would attribute this to them. But they said this, Buddhism is peaceful, Hinduism is inclusive, Judaism is moral, Islam is muscular, but Christianity is true. And I want you to think about those qualities. Which one is the important one? Will you follow the truth wherever it may lead? That's the question. If you're a Christian here and you've kind of been hanging around on the outskirts just dilly-dallying with this thing and on Sunday you dip your toe in the water and then on Monday you're, you're back out there. Come on, can we line this up a bit? Can we get you integrated? Can we get you to see that Christianity applies Monday morning, not just Sunday morning? Can you see this? Will you follow the truth? The Bible, uh, Christianity and God concords with the truth about science and reality and our experience. If everything I've said about what the Bible describes about God, about mankind, about the world we live, you should, something in you should be able to go, yeah, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. For some people, they think Christianity is just stupid. It's for idiots. It's for people who don't think. It's for people who just have blind faith. F.W. Boreham said this, truth can never be the enemy of truth. The truth that the astronomer discovers in the stars cannot be at at variance with the truth that the geologist finds in the strata. The truth that breaks upon our vision in the 20th century is in perfect harmony with the truth that was brought to light in the 1st century. Christianity is true. It's its greatest asset. And we live in a world where when you refuse to acknowledge the truth, when you resist the truth, when you fight against the truth, you are like a ship out in the middle of the ocean being tossed about. And Jesus Christ provides in this world an anchor for your soul. Hebrews 6.19 says that. And maybe this is how you're feeling. Tossed about, circumstances come and they rock your world. You, are, you don't know if you're coming or going. You don't know what's going to come against you next. Maybe you're someone and the waters are relatively calm, but you're just drifting. You've got no idea where this thing's going. Jesus can be your anchor. Hebrews 6.19, it is an unbreakable spiritual lifeline, faith in Jesus, an anchor, reaching past all appearances right to the very presence of God. Of God.